And, and then as I started seeing these trends, I saw more um, uh, money come into the industry. A lot of consolidation happening, M&A, you know, people buying up companies, e-commerce starting to kind of take shape. And so I started seeing smaller companies getting acquired by regional companies, regional companies acquired by national companies. And so I was looking to do, I was, and I, I think a little bit while I was burned out too at the time. I had been, you know, grinding for 10 years, trying to grow, you know, as, as a young person, you know, being coming, you know, president of a company and having a lot of responsibility and pressure. Um, you know, I think that grind started wearing on me. Right. And so I think I, I think sort of was like I was tired of the grind. Facts. Um, and so I went to my parents um, and said, "Look, I think we should start looking at an exit. You know, I think I think it might be time for us to look at exiting the industry. Um, and, I, and I want to make sure my parents at the time were getting closer to their, their to seventy, and they were not really day to day hundred percent of the time. Uh, not that my, my dad it works probably more hours than me right now. Still right, to this day, not right. that he wasn't working. Right. But he's in that business. And so I felt like I wanted to make sure that they had opportunity to really capitalize on the 30 some years they put into this business to make sure they got a, a proper exit. Mm. And so that took a long time to kind of have those conversations. But ultimately, um, um, we, we got to a point where they, they at least gave me the grit to start fielding conversations. People were calling us all the time, you know, seeing we're interested in exiting the industry. Right. Um, and we just really want, want to entertain the conversation. So I started taking some of those calls more serious and, um, you know, ultimately, we um, we ended up uh, um, signing a letter of intent um, with the company that I work for now on Drop Off Inc. Um, uh, in January, actually, we signed the, we signed a letter, letter of intent in January of 2020, and in March of 2020, you know, uh, the whole world changed. COVID happens. Wow, yeah. crazy! Now, quick question about that with the exit. Number one, um, when when that happens and you start putting it out there into the into the atmosphere that you want to exit i'm sure there's going to be people that come and they're going to you know throw some uh figures at you whatever the case may be how many people were looking to buy you guys one and when you're exiting uh, a last mile cup company or courier service what are the different things what are the kpis that they're looking at tell me a little bit about that because that's that's important yeah yeah good question um we probably had about four or five companies that were, were i thought were, were, were serious you know talking to us um uh, two that kind of stood out. Um, ultimately, you know, Dropbox was the one that we we ended up going with. Um, what and, and and I do this work now. So what I do for Dropbox, I'm, I'm director of corporate development now. So I actually go on behalf of Dropbox and uh, identify owners who are looking to exit and acquire companies. And so we do that at a much higher clip than than you know, um, you know what I was used to. At QC. I really had not got got involved in the financial aspect of that. You know, right. when I was running the company. Um, but what, what companies look for when they're looking at acquiring companies are a few things. One, they're looking at, one, you want a company with some proven history. All right? So you're not looking for a company that's been around for a couple of years. Right? You want to know that they've been able to manage, you know, manage through a few storms and um, uh, know that they have a, a, a strong customer base that stays with them, employees that stays with them. They want to see they're proven. I think, two, and again, a lot is depending on the buyer. Right? The buyer ultimately is going to figure out what factors are most important for them. But you're looking at revenue size. You're looking at uh, net revenue, right? So you want a, a, a EBITDA, really. So you're looking at, you want an EBITDA at a certain level. In our case, we're looking for uh, 10% um, uh, on your trading 12 months of EBITDA. Um, we're looking for a certain customer segmentation uh, in a certain vertical. Drop does a lot of healthcare work. So we want to see if you have at least 30% of your, your customers in the healthcare sector. Um, and we want to we understand uh, your infrastructure. We want to understand your personnel, your culture, which is one that, that I think not a lot of people talk a lot about, but you know, people say culture be strategy, you know, every day of the week is true. Like if you, you can, you have the best deal on paper, but if people can't get along, um, 
it's never going to happen. Right. Um, and then, uh, and then the owner, you got to look at understand the owner. A lot. Of, I spend most of my time in this world now talking to owners, um, and do they really understand um, the emotional side of exiting your business? Mm. Right. There's a, there's a lot of work. That a lot of times you get an owner to the last few stages of this process. And they pull back. They're scared. <laughs> right. Cold feet. Right. It's like kind of getting, getting to your wedding day. Right. You know, right. Hopefully all your big are married. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but you get cold feet. And so you know, I'm able to leverage my experience because the good thing is I've been through it myself not too long ago. So I can just talk to them about what um, that experience is going to be like, things they should be looking at. But ultimately, I think it's important every owner's got to make the decision which is best for them and their family. So, um, and, and, and then, you know, it's, it's operational KPIs. It's legal review. I mean, we... We do a pre-diligence dive, and then there's a, there's a, a deep due diligence dive, which takes you know, you know, mostly 90 days to go through. It, it, the, the best analogy I can give it is almost like being on the operating table cut wide open for like 90 days, <laughs> right? And right. Just, and don't know if you're gonna actually get stitched back up. Or not. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a very that's crazy. It's a, it's, a, it's a wild experience, you know. Um, right. Because for for like it's 30 some years, we had protected all of our information. Right. And you sign the LOI, and all of a sudden you got like open it all up and let someone come and dig into all your dirty secrets and any skeleton you have from beginning to time, um, all is uncovered. Right. And so you gotta, you gotta prepare yourself for that. How, how do you, do you, you look at like debt? Um, how important is a company's debt? Um, their assets? Like sure. what about those things? Like how does that, does that play a big role in, in an acquire, in, in acquiring a company? Or is it kind of like, if you see that they have a strong financial model, that doesn't matter as much. Like how much of a role does that play? Um, in our case, we're typically buying assets. Okay. So, so we're not as focused on the debt. The debt, the debt is ultimately the owner's responsibility. Okay. Um, and again, in the final mile segment, uh, it's, it's more asset light than, than traditional trucking. Sure, correct. Right? So you don't have as many assets on the balance sheet in terms of equipment. Yeah. Um, there's some cases we do. You know, we, we often do. We, we, we buy companies some, sometimes that have you know, a hybrid approach of employees who drive a company on and lease equipment. And you have, you know, a segment of, of drivers that are, are 1099 contract on operators. So it is something we look at, uh, we pay attention to. We may want to acquire some of the assets, acquire some of those vehicles as assets. Um, but it's not, it's, not as, it's not as prominent of a KPI in our, in our buying process. Gotcha. And we said valuation is what um, for a company? Um, the, the way we value companies is really a multiple against their trailing 12 months of adjusted EBITDA. Okay. So, so just break, explain that. Break, break that down as best as you can for us yep. real quick. So um, you've got your, your revenue, cost of goods sold at your expenses, and you have your, 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 your earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, or amortization. And so that number over the course of the previous 12 months, right, we, we cumulative, right, from the day we say, okay, we're going to buy the company. We look backwards from 12 months ago. And if that number is... It's called a million dollars, right? Then we look at what were the, so that's the EBITDA. The adjusted EBITDA comes from any one-time expenses, uh, owner's perks. Let's say you, you have your, your personal vehicles running through the company. Um, let's say you uh, recently had to invest in, in you know, five trucks for a new business opportunity, a one-time expense. Um, let's say you, um, you know, your, health, your, health, your personal health insurance runs through the company. We, we take all that information that, 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 wouldn't necessarily be expensive we would have as we own the business and we add it back to EBITDA okay. as a benefit to the owner. Okay. Uh, there could be negative addbacks too, um, potentially. Um, and that becomes the adjusted EBITDA number. So let's say for a million dollars, say you add another couple hundred thousand dollars, you got one point, you know, $1.2 million. And then there's a multiple against that number. Typically in our world, that multiple is somewhere between 3X and 
you know, I've seen, you know, 7-8X. Okay. It depend, depends on. Why such a wide range? Um, size of company, um, customer segmentation. Um, sometimes uh, there's some, some strategic fit from a geographical standpoint that we want to take advantage of. Um, and, but, but typically the larger companies, uh, if, you, if you have your own technology, um, uh, proprietary technology, that's an advantage for you. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's, that's where you see that range. You know, typically smaller companies on the lower side, larger companies on the higher side of that. Okay. Um, and some, some even have gone higher than that. Got you. Are, is, are you able to share how much you guys were acquired for? <laughs> no, it's I'm not, sure it's not public? Okay. Yeah, not public. Uh, I just, just <laughs> got to ask. Yeah. They want to know. Yeah, All right, yeah. cool. So I'm still working, though, so you can say that. I'm still working. Facts, I'm facts, still working. facts. Still True, working. you're still yeah. with the my, company. My, my parents aren't. Yeah. Well, my mom's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my, okay. My, my, my dad's he's never going to stay. He won't stop working until he's six feet under. Okay. Yeah. So can, can you share if you were at that more of that th- th- 3X or to 8X multiple range? Uh, We were on, we were higher than 5x higher than five okay good so you're in higher end on, on the yeah. ladder yeah. all right awesome all right cool so and back to your story uh you guys exit um how was that emotionally you talk about the emotional toll it takes on the family 20 yeah. yeah. something years or at that point with 30 something years five years in business extremely successful all yeah. these different verticals you guys built how was it emotionally on you guys on you yourself and what kind of toll did it take on the family yeah it was it was tough man you know i think the thing that you know, and this is just the regular emotion you have of, of letting go of your baby, right? So I think it was more emotional for my father because this was literally you know, his third child, right, between me and my brother. <laughs> and, this, and this, this was his first company. He, and this company was the company that, you know, was his calling card for him to go on and do other things with. So it's always had that, that special spot in his heart. Um, so he had that coupled with the fact this is, this is, this is um, all this is happening in the height of the George Floyd um, response all the mm. marches you know all the uh all you know uh black lives matter um you know um for the first time the country paying attention to um black businesses on support the same way we do more business with black businesses invest in more black businesses um and so because we were probably one of the prominent african-american owned businesses in the state i would say um that 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 it was a lot of of pulling the heartstrings on is this the right time are we selling out? Right. What's going to happen to our staff? You know, right. Is this the right move for us? Um, and so that that was a, that was a much more emotional part that that we had to go through that I never never put in the calculation. Mm. Ultimately, you know, many conversations with you know with my my, my mom, my dad, and our business partner. Um, I think we got comfortable with the fact that hey, look at the end of the day, um, business while. While you have to count for it being a personal experience, it's business. Right. And so I think the objective of anybody that starts a business is to uh, create an asset, um, create the value of the asset. And if there's a marketplace out there to capitalize on what you created, um, I think it's important to your shareholders, your investors, et cetera, but also to your community, in our case, to show them that you know, you don't have to necessarily be three, four, two, three, four generations of a family business to be successful. Um, you can do this in one or two. And if you can get the proper exit and, and, and take the opportunity you get from the exit to continue to invest in your community or to branch off and do other things where you can still create jobs. I think that's, that's the blueprint I've seen from other communities. Uh, but yet, sometimes in our community, I feel like we, um, we have not necessarily been taught that way. We don't have the education. We don't have the experience to right. see that. You know? right. And so I think, so ultimately it became more about, hey, let's, 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 
let's make this opportunity, take advantage of this opportunity to uh, show another way to, to, to move forward, but while still you know, being good stewards of the community and make sure we invest uh, into our community. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle. Let's go.